Just a quick content warning for today's episode. There is mention of gore and murder, so if you're not okay with that, now is your time to click off. But then that will start today's episode. Hi, guys. It's hey. Bryn. And Maggie. <laughs> hey. Um, so this is our first episode when we're not doing our Horror Hot Stuff series anymore. It's November now, which True. October felt like a really short month. Yeah. Yeah, um, it definitely like, did. It didn't feel all Halloween. No. Or fall. Yeah. It does feel like fall now because it's really cold outside now. So cold and so rainy too. Mm-hmm. Very windy. Mm-hmm. And we will we'll, we'll be taking a break next week. Yeah, we will not be recording. So, um, just Listen so everyone to knows. episode again next week. Yeah. <laughs> just two weeks in a row um, to hear our voices, our beautiful, wonderful voices. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of cold weather... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Great segue. <laughs> that was like an anti-level segue. If you haven't checked it out, check out what's popping. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about Ed Gein. He inspired some his and some of the movies like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, and Science of the Lambs. So he's a pretty um, infamous guy, and um, he's from the Wisconsin area. Them cheese lovers. <laughs> So let's jump right into it. Investigators first found the corpses of Mary Hogan and Bernice Warden, who were two women in their 50s, and there remains about 15 other bodies when they had searched Ed Gein's um, in Plainfield, Wisconsin, his farmhouse after he was arrested. Um, Ed said he couldn't remember how many people he had actually killed. Um, that was irresistible to the filmmakers in the post, post-war era that had followed Eisenhower's America when Semino was throwing off the prohibitive motion picture coats. Um, again, three of the classic films, uh, Psycho, ta- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs, as well as um, a 1974 uh, low-budget cult flick named Deranged. In December of 1957, uh, a bunch of jokes spread out about Ed Gein when uh, House of Horrors made the covers of both Life and Time magazines, and... Um, a, fe- a feature unmatched until Bruce Springsteen hit Time and Newsweek in the mid-1970s. Uh, so, so that was like a little introduction. Now I'm going to be talking about like Ed Gein's childhood, his past. Yeah, yeah. So Edward Theodore Gein was born on Octo- um, August 27th, 1906 in the Plainfield small farming community. He was born with a slight growth over one of his eyes and was bullied by kids in school. Um, his father, George Philip Gein, died after his heart gave out. Um, from alcoholism on April 1st, 1940, and he was 66. Ed's mother was Augusta Crafter. Um, by all accounts, Ma Gein wasn't too far from Norman Bates' mom, who is character in Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, she was um, very rude and controlling in the years leading to up to her death. She was left immobilized after she had a stroke, and she was left in the care of her son, Ed. Um, she had died at 67 on December 29th, 1945, a year after Ed's brother Henry died in a suspicious fire on the 160-acre farm on the outskirts of Plainfield, where obviously he was from. Mm-hmm. Um, most movies don't mention it, but Gein may have had at least one male death. His brother Henry was just trying to live a normal life after his father died and his mother became very oppressive. He started dating a divorced single mother of two and was thinking of maybe, like, proposing to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Ed saw the relationship as his brother's rebellion against his mother and shut him out. Um, And according to some reports at the time, 
um, Henry, Henry Gein had a heart attack while he and Ed were trying to put out a fire on the property they had owned in a neighboring county. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brothers didn't have to farm their land because of federal agriculture subsidies, but they were burning marsh vegetation when the fire got out of control and the fire department was called in. Ed reported his brothers missing at the end of the day, and according to some reports, a search party um, was out until like night, and they had lantern flashlights, whatnot, mm-hmm. and found his body facing down. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, they said it looked like he had been there for a while. Um, his body hadn't been burned, so obviously mm-hmm. no burns on his body. Right. Um, the only bruising uh, sustained uh, was a blunt trauma to the head. Other reports say Ed led the police right to the body, which obviously led a lot of suspicion. Right. Um, they didn't. The police didn't suspect foul play, though. There was no official investigation. No autopsy was performed. The county coroner officially labeled um, asphyxication as the cause of his death. It wasn't until state investigator Joe Willimovsky asked Ed about the 1957 death of Bernice Warden that it was even questioned. Later report uh, by Dr. Uh, George W. Arndt um, said that it was possible and likely that Henry's death was um, the Cain and Abel aspect of this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guyan's mother, Augusta, and her had her stroke right after Henry died. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Deviant, which I believe is the movie about him, I believe. I'm so sorry. I, sh- I, sh- I had it up. And so, actually, I'm going to go back to the murder of Bernice Warden. On October uh, 16, 1957, she was reported missing uh, from her hardware store. I'm guessing she had worked at in Plainfield because the cash register was gone and a trail of blood uh, led out to the back. Um, her son was a deputy sheriff and was uh, suspicious of Gein, and the reclusive man was soon apprehended at his neighbor's house. Why would you kill... Sorry, why would he kill someone whose son is a sheriff? Yeah. Or a police officer or whatever. That is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the authorities uh, sent were sent to Gein's home that night and were greeted by um, her headless and gutted. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like all of her organs gone? Yeah. Uh. Yep. I don't even want to read the rest. Y'all Hashtag <laughs> me at the blood drive today. <laughs> Hashtag donate blood, everyone. <laughs> and so Please. obviously after seeing this, they're like, yeah, we are taking you. So Yeah, yeah. So they course. took him in, they questioned him, and Gein actually confessed to the killing of Warden in Hogan, um, which I know I said in the beginning, um, Mary Hogan, mm-hmm. um, which I will talk about in a sec. Um, yeah, Gein confessed to killing Warden and Hogan three years earlier, and he actually admitted to uh, digging up numerous corpses for cutting off body parts. Um, oh. Yeah. And wearing masks of them around his own house. Thus the, in, in, thus yeah. the like, inspiration for Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. in uh, Signs of the Lambs, I guess. Yeah. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> and with the evidence, authorities uh, attempted to com- um, connect him to other murders and disappearances from the recent years in the area, but they were unable to draw any conclusions, really. Uh, Gainsborough William Belter entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity in uh, 
January 1958. Yeah, sure. But Dean was un- was found unfit to stand trial. He was oh. then committed to Central State Hospital, where he variously worked as a mason, carpenter's assistant, and a medical center aide. That does not make me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, again with the Mary Hogan one, it, it didn't really say a bunch. It just said she was missing for a while. Um, so her body was found. Right. <laughs> so um, in early of 1968, Yeen was determined to fit to finally stand trial. That November, he was found guilty of the murder of Warden. However, he was also found insane at the time of the murder. Oh. And he was recommitted to the Central State Hospital, which he was at. <sighs> Um, at the first time. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> Save for his attempt to petition for a release in 1974, which was rejected, the mild-mannered Gein made virtually no news while institutionalized. Later in that decade, though, his health failing, he was transferred to the Mendota Mental Health Institute. Is that a chair? I don't know. It's a ghost. Ooh. <laughs> With cameras. <laughs> Where he uh, then died of cancer and respiratory illness on July 26, 1984. Um, and then again to him wearing the mask. Uh, yeah. Um, it said he was a highly disturbed man who kept human organs and fashioned clothing and accessories out of body parts. Okay. So it's yeah. basically what I just so said, very, but yeah. So very t- chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre myself, but I know he doesn't he wear the mask of someone he's yeah. murdered? He, yeah, he's called Leatherface for that reason. Oh, yeah, Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> and like very Buffalo Bill. That's from, from Sons of the Sons of Limbs, yeah. I don't. I haven't seen that. Because he he fashions like a women's suit for himself, out of women's skin. Oh my god, that is disgusting. Um, and then again, I'm gonna go within the movies. Obviously, the first one, the story of Gein's gruesome activities, particularly his devotion to a dead mother, strongly influenced Robert Bloch's uh, 1959 novel Psycho, which obviously, oh yeah. really. Which was then adapted into the movie by Alfred Hitchcock. Right. And then, yeah, it says um, inspired uh, including characters like Buffalo Bill right. and Leatherface and has been referenced in many songs over the year. I had heard of Ed Gein before, but I didn't know he had inspired all these movies. I didn't know it had been all of these. I mean, I'm sure I thought that it was just like a trope that caught on, you know? Yeah, because like I like know... Um, Obviously, like, a bunch of horror movies like that are probably inspired by something. But just, like, finding out, like, some of it is, like, based off true events just does not put a good feeling in my stomach. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, I can't believe he was, like, didn't even, like, go to jail. He was just, inst- he was institutionalized first. And then he was, went to trial again. And, and then, then reinstituted to the same place and then moved to another one because he was sick. Yeah. Um, um Obviously, um. I don't have the time to talk more and more today, but there is a lot of gruesome details out there of what he did to right. these numerous bodies. <laughs> yeah. So, Meg, do you want to take it away? Yeah. So I'm doing a much lighter story. It's actually <laughs> um, a hoax. It's not Max Headroom. I know that's a very popular hoax. In fact, um, Imani did that last year. Yeah, I remember. That was a good one. Um, but this one is the Ever Dream of This Man. I think mm-hmm. he's just typically called this man. Yeah, or, yeah, just like, have you ever seen this man? This yeah. Man. <laughs> um, so, uh, as ever dream this man, the website under this domain, thisman.org, 
claims, um, this man was first drawn by a well-known psychiatrist from New York in January 2006 while dealing with a female patient that claimed to keep seeing this man in her dreams. Um, a few days later, one of the psychiatrist's male patients recognized the man from the drawing and said he also saw the man s- while sleeping. Both patients claimed they never saw him in real life. The psychiatrist then sent out sent the picture to four other colleagues who were dealing with people having repeated dreams, and four of those colleagues, patients, identified the man and described him as this man. That's, that's the name catching on. <laughs> Um, according to the storyline, later on, more than 2,000 people from other major cities across the world, such as Los Angeles, Berlin, Sao Paulo, Tehran, Beijing, Manchester, like all these cities, basically, mm-hmm. um, claimed to have seen the man while sleeping. Um, stories from those who dreamed him, who remained anonymous, suggest he was a Brazilian school teacher who had six fingers on his right hand. These dreamers' experiences of the man varied from romantic, sexual, or deadly situations to flying with the man to just seeing him staring at the dreamer and doing nothing. Andrea Natella, when interviewed by Vice magazine um, for an article that took the myth seriously, thus making Natella answer the question as if it was for real, um, explained that he first dreamed this man before he was aware of who he really was. It was in the winter of 2008, and this man, quote, invited him to create a website to find an answer to his own appearance, end quote. Um, Following this man's instructions, he not only made the site, but also produced the mysterious man's identikit using the mobile device application Ultimate Flash Face. I've never heard of that. Um... An actual living, sorry, I felt like I was really close. An actual living human that looked like this man was never identified. And there were some who dreamed of this, of him who had no relationship with others also seeing him in their dreams. His voice was, sorry, I just took a swallow. His voice was also un, unidentifiable as it is much harder for someone to remember the audio part of a dream than the visual. It was also rare for him to speak in the dreams. However, Natella claimed that he received letters and emails that compared this man's look to that of fictional characters such as the man from another place, the dummy, and famous real-life figures such as Abdel Fattah el-Sisi and Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think he definitely looks like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Um, He also claimed that some, including an Indian guru named Arud Kananaya, I definitely said that wrong, claim themselves to be this man, but with no evidence. So there's five different theories on the explanation of this phenomena. Um, The first one is that this man was an example of Carl Jung's concept of the unconscious archetypal image people see during very difficult life situations. The second one is that this man was a manifestation of God. Um, The third being a corporation was mentally conditioning people to dream the same man. Um, The fourth being some people dreamt the man only after learning about others seeing him. And finally, lastly, because it's hard for humans to remember people's faces in dreams, people are inaccurately using Nutella's identikit of this man to describe the person in their recurring dreams. 
I personally think that, okay, that's it. Sorry, that was the end of it. But um, personally, I think that it's just one of those issues of like, not mass hysteria, but like just all of these people who are like just tr- like I'm sure that they've dreamed of a similar man in their dreams but probably not one that's exactly like that mm-hmm. because you know like how I think this is like an actual thing but like your your brain can't make up faces like in its dreams like it takes from real life people that you've seen like in real life like walking down the street or something mm-hmm. and so I think that people have just seen s- others similar to this man or maybe they're all dreaming of Andrew Lloyd Webber (laughs) I think that'd be really funny that Andrew Lloyd Webber is haunting our dreams yeah especially after Cats the the movie the phantom of the dream Cats no (laughs) Um, the nightmare Godspell I'm trying to think of every Andrew Lloyd Webber musical I know a lot of them because I believe it or not used to be a theater kid we believe it Oh, no, I just think it the idea of Andrew Lloyd Webber being in everyone's dreams is so hilarious to me. And disturbing. I think it's really funny. I don't think it's disturbing. I just think it's so funny. I'm trying to think, like, I've had dreams of people, but the people who I've had dreams about have been, like, I guess, like, just, like, family and friends. Yeah. Or even if it has been a person that's, like, someone I don't know, it could be someone that I just, like, saw one time. In. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's basically what you just you, what you just said. But I don't think I've ever seen that man <laughs> in my dreams. I hope I don't see that man in my dreams. Yeah, well, now that you've seen that picture, yeah, he's going like, to be in your dreams. Yeah, that's what I, f- I think is happening. Yeah, that's what I feel like. Because, like, one person posts a photo, and then later on, they take a nap, <laughs> or they go to bed, and then they're like, you know what, yep, so the man... Yeah, um, and then they, like, forgot that they saw a picture of him. Yeah. Or they're I, just aiding the hoax along. I also think that just, like, the concept of dreams, like, itself is just so... So strange. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously it's interesting, mm-hmm. but, like, I think about it all the time, and I'm like, oh, I can picture this in my head, but I'm like, how can I see it? Yeah, yeah, and, like, deja vu. I think, I think, okay, personally, I think I've had a lot more deja vu than other people have had in their lifetime. I've had it at my workplace before. Like, yeah. it's, like, something is happening. Like, I'm talking with someone or we're talking about a, something mm-hmm. or. And you're, like, this has happened before. Yeah, I'm, like, pause. Hold the phone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, I I just feel like I've experienced deja vu so much more than. I'm just special like that. <laughs> no, no, I feel like I've experienced it a lot. And other people are just, like, wow, you don't. I don't experience it that much yeah so people are like oh it's bad and then other people are like like, "Mm." yeah and then other people are like oh well yeah i've had a deja vu before where i dreamed something and then it happened in real life i was like that's different yeah i mean i wouldn't really call that deja vu Mm -hmm. but it's definitely it's it's definitely something but it's just not deja vu (laughs) intuition test but like i hear that stuff like that happening is like the short-term and long-term memory crossing over yeah which I think is a cool theory. But I also think it's cool that it's like you've lived this life a million times. And some instances happen more than once. Fun fact, I got my blood drawn today. I felt <laughs> I very, did not. <laughs> I felt very true crime doing it. Um <laughs> I am scared of needles. 
I'm not saying like I think it's really good that people like yeah. give their blood, but I'm I'm so sorry. I am terrified. I thought it was really fun. I was really excited going into it. Um, surprisingly, um, I just think I don't know. I've I'm I don't yeah, I'm not bothered by blood or anything. You're like, bold for doing a podcast right after drawing blood. Yeah, <laughs> I have been. I've actually sitting here. I've been moving a lot for like the past few hours, and sitting here finally like is helping me. So like yeah. Also, the lights are kind of dimmed in here. Yeah. So if, I've, I've if been y'all can feeling see, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if y'all can see, hey, take a picture. Nope. Mm-mm. The man is watching. Mm, this man, you mean? This man. Or listening. I have a really bad habit of saying watching. Yeah. And I meant listening. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really okay. I, I also think that this man looks like um, the guy. He's from, really round. Uh, no, I think he looks like the guy from um Princess Bride. Oh. Inconceivable. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> Was that a good impression? I haven't seen it. Oh my god. You haven't seen The Princess Bride? No. That is ins- I'm sorry. I'm trying not to yell. That is insane to me. That is crazy. I think I saw the beginning and then he like he's like, I'm going to read you a story. And then I just don't, I don't think I watched the rest. Because my mom likes that movie. Because, like, obviously, like, when she was a kid, she watched it. I know mm-hmm. it's, like, a classic movie. I know everyone's watched it. I'm not going to say, like, it's great and you have to absolutely I mean, watch it. I just think that... It's a classic? Yeah, it's, like, something that... It's, like, one of those movies that's, like, everyone should see at least once in their life. You know? I have not. I'll watch it later. <laughs> later is going to be, like, in 15 years. Oh, oh. Guys, I watched my... I watched a horror movie in October. <gasps> What horror? Oh, it was The Conjuring. I actually liked it. I really? wasn't that scared. Oh. Okay, there were some parts where I was like, but I wasn't like, oh my god, like I'm gonna have nightmares about right. this. Right. But, I mean, like it's a, obviously it's a very popular series. People have raved right. about it. We just watched the first one, but um, I thought it's like, I mean, I didn't think it was amazing, but I, yeah, like, I enjoyed I it. I think it's a very B, B level horror movie. What is it called? B grade B, stars. B awesome. B stars. <laughs> B, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I think it's okay. I think it is a good one to my start brother, off with. My 13-year-old brother wasn't scared, so I shouldn't be scared. <laughs> hey, Pierce, if you're out there listening, nope. shout out. January, they're coming out with this Scream, uh, not sequel, but like, movie. Oh, yeah. Sorry, for a moment I was thinking of Halloween, and I was like, no, it's not Halloween. But... um. I think that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm Bren. I'm Maggie. And we'll see you not next week, but the week Week after. after. Yeah, have a good week off. (laughs)